welcome to Shrink Wrap, a podcast where Fran and Becky give proper respect to various mental health and wellness topics while adding in a little bit of smart assery that they just can't seem to contain. This podcast cannot and does not constitute therapy advice. However, we do hope that you find the information we share with you helpful and entertaining. Please be advised that this podcast discusses topics that can be sensitive to some listeners. Use appropriate discretion. Welcome, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's recording day. It is uh, the beginning of December mm-hmm. here in South Dakota. And the temperature, I checked my car on the way here, 60 freaking degrees. No way. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's so beautiful out. I love it. Yeah. Let it continue. Yeah. On and on, man. Yeah. You don't want snow for Christmas? It can snow on the day. I'm not married to this whole <laughs> snow on Christmas BS. People are like, oh, you're going to miss it someday if you move away. No, I want snow after Christmas because we're going to the hills and I, we're going snowmobiling and skiing. And it is going to happen because there's going to be freaking snow. Well, you I can bet, have snow there. That's yeah, okay. okay. I bet there's snow in the hills currently. Ah. Mm, okay. We were just there three weeks ago. Nothing. Not I mean, anything gonna happen in three weeks. In South Dakota. Yeah, you know, I was in Florida about two years ago, and there wasn't a sun in the sky. Yeah, it was weird. Just, I don't know. It's so weird. You can just go screw yourself. Oh wow! I feel but I'm the saying love that with in love. the podcast. I'm saying uh-huh, that with uh-huh. love. Feeling the love. Oh my goodness gracious! So, Fran, what are we talking about today? We are talking about child-free by choice. What does that even mean? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Uh, Apparently, it can't be retroactive. (laughs) Brody already checked into it. (laughs) Once you got him, you're stuck with him. Yeah. You know, asking for a friend, not for me. Right. Exactly. Of course, you're there for everybody. I love it. Um, No, we're really excited to have Brie Khan on with us today. Um, Brie is an investment advisor, representative, and specialist with Child Free Wealth, a life and financial planning firm dedicated to helping child-free and permanently childless people. She is also the co-host of the Child-Free Wealth Podcast. Hi, Brie. Welcome. And an Aberdeen native. We're so glad to see you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, we're excited about this topic. Always like learning about new things. Yes. And so let's hit, hit a important fact. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Frantastic Factoid. Researchers at MSU found that one in five adults in Michigan, or 1.7 million people, do not want children and therefore are child-free, not to be confused with gluten-free. So in the greater U.S., that would equal 66 million people who are choosing to be child-free. And ever since you approached us, Bray, I've been thinking about this. And it's kind of like um, when I worked at the Herberger Shoe Department and I noticed everybody's mm-hmm. shoes because that's where I was. I started thinking about all the people I know who are child free by choice. And there's a lot of them, actually. And how happy they yeah. are. They, right. they and actually, how stress free they, they are. They take really great vacations, that I will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because they yeah. have more money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right? tell us more. So child free just essentially means that you do not have children, you're not planning on having children, and that is by choice. Whereas childless means you don't have children and you're not going to be having children, but that wasn't necessarily a choice. That was something that happened where you couldn't have kids. And so they are very different, but the way we approach life and financial planning for those people is the same. It doesn't matter how you got to this point where you don't have kids, but it is not the standard life plan. So you guys all have kids. Mm -hmm. You're following the standard life plan. 
And it says you go to school, you get married, you buy a house, you have kids, you grow your wealth, you retire. And then when you pass on, then you give your wealth to your kids. Well, I'm not having kids. So I don't need to be spending time building wealth to then pass it on to people down the line. And I'm also, you know, maybe I don't want to buy a house or I don't have to follow the same standard life plan that is kind of like laid out for everybody to follow and is really like prevalent in our society. And that can make things difficult because if you've been following this and this is what you've seen modeled in your life, when it gets to the point where you're like, well, that's not what I want. What the heck do I do? That can be super confusing for people. Do you think, Brie, the standard life plan is like nationally or do you think because we're in the Midwest where it's pretty conservative and there is more. Mm -hmm. But even in like the standard life plan now, at least that I see, is two people get together. They live together. They get a dog. This is how it Mm -hmm. goes. Sometimes you have a baby. Then you may get, get married. A dog first. You gotta get a dog, or you may not get married. Um, it's real. I see variation in that. What do you think, Nash? What is the trend nationally for the standard life plan? I would say it's definitely national, like because there still is a prevalent. You know, when you're with somebody, you're still getting those questions. When are you getting married? When are you having kids? Yeah, all of these things. So it's those little questions that really it's none of your goddamn business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop asking people those things. They mm-hmm. can make those choices for themselves, but it doesn't matter where you go. People are still going to ask you those questions. I think too, it's important, you know, for our listeners and, and for the people in their lives too, to understand that those can be really harmful questions. You know, I'm like you said, there's child free and childless. And so what if it's not by choice? And then people are always like, when are you having a baby? When are you having a baby? Or even if it is by choice, like who says you have to? Um, I had somebody close to me who didn't get married until later in life. And every time they would um, be back in their hometown, it would be like, when are you get married? When are you get married? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I kind of want to say, when are you going to die? Because mm-hmm. I want, you know, that's yeah. the next thing on your list. <laughs> right. So when's your funeral? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you should have. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't really know what's going on with somebody. Mm-hmm. If somebody's really struggling mm-hmm. with infertility, and I've had several clients like several. this where they're constantly being asked the question, it's like, it is incredibly painful. Or they have, we're going to go off on a small tangent here, Brie, but, or they have one child and they're like, when's number two? When's number two? Well, maybe they just had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they just want one. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, it just drives me crazy that everybody has this idea that we should be out there procreating to the ends of the earth. Yeah. And, you know, I actually, somebody I know had one child and then they just had a miscarriage and I was with them and somebody else was like, oh, when, when's number two coming? And just like kept going on and on about it. And I'm like, you have no idea. Like they held their composure so well, mm-hmm. but if it was me, I probably would have lost it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what they are going through right now is none of your business. And also, what are you really asking when you're asking like when are you, when's the next one coming? Like, yeah. think about that. Are you doing think it? About doing the question. it? Doing yeah. it well? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, it's so creepy. I know. Yeah. And I wonder, like, do we as a society just ask these questions or say certain phrases? Well, I think we do without yeah. even really being consciously aware of them, just because they're things that we always say to fill gaps. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's a reason for everything or like yeah. you don't get mm-hmm. lessons that are harder than you can handle yeah. or when's the next baby coming? Or I think maybe we just need to rethink what we typically have said over and over to fill conversation gaps. Yeah. 
I was just thinking mm-hmm. going off of, you know, when you ask somebody when they're having kids, what is it, what are you really asking? Um, what if we're, what if we're sex free by choice? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And our spouse therefore is not. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be sexless and sex free, which is also a love pattern in the kook house. <laughs> No, no, we're not cutting it out. (laughs) Everybody expects it at this point. There's probably a GoFundMe set up for Jim. Oh, we could do that. We could totally do that. Oh my god. Except it's a go fuck me. (laughs) Nailed it. Oh man, that was Okay, sorry, Bree. Thank you. Appreciate that, Bree. So, Bree, is your firm set up just for people who are child-free? Like, is that your only clientele? Yeah. So anybody who is child-free or permanently childless, that is our only clients. The only parents we take on are parents of people who are child-free or permanently childless. Mm -hmm. So sometimes clients will need help. And they're like, you know, I've got this going on. I think I'm probably going to have to support my parents or care for them. And it's really, really stressful. So like, okay. We can bring them on as a client. We can help make sure everything's set up and really support you. It's building that team of people to then help and support our clients because if their parents are cared for, it'll be easier for them. Because think about when you're caring for a parent. Yeah. That is hard stuff. That is really hard. It's a lot to navigate. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. And so we'll take those parents on, but we don't take on any other parents. Hmm. It's a niche for everything. Right. Yeah. I kind of dig it though. Yeah, it really interesting. So one of the things you have in your in your handout that you prepared for us, and I I'm curious about this. This financial independence (laughs) live early, which is a different plan for kind Mm -hmm. of phasing out into retirement. It's not like all or nothing. I explain this Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. So financial independence is really just a number. It is a number of dollars initially to help set yourself up where you don't really need to work or you can work less or you can really do whatever you want, but you don't have to be working full-time, working as hard as you are now in order to support yourself in your life. You can take a step back and, you know, there are some people who only work, you know, a month and then they take a couple months off mm-hmm. and keep doing like that. Or they cut out on their jobs. They're like, I'm taking a sabbatical not going to work for a while. And that's an option. Um, Just working less hours every week, living on one income. If you're a dink household, so dual income, no kids. Mm -hmm. That's another big thing for people. Oh, dink. Yeah. Those were the days, man. Dual income, no kids. Yeah. Um, we were dinks once upon a time. It you was, were? It was amazing. Yeah. We didn't have kids for five years. Oh, yeah. Us yeah. too. I can't remember that far back because I don't know. It was like in the Stone Age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back, back then, you just had a big, like, tub full of seashells that you could trade. <laughs> God. I saw, where do you come up with this shit? <laughs> I don't just, know. I love it, though. It just comes to me. Trading seashells. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So. Do you have any more specifics? Like, can you give us an example of like what a path would look like if I want to become more financially independent at a younger age with retirement and I am, let's say somebody like Brody who runs a business, a very busy business, what would that Mm -hmm. look like? What would he, what should he be thinking about? 
Yeah. So one of the things like that would be having really good boundaries. That's always a great place to start and saying, hey, you know, we need to have a process in place. We need to have systems in place. We need to hire the right people in the right areas so that I can have that freedom. Or maybe it's saying, you know what, I've grown to a certain point. I'm not going to grow any further. This is good. I don't want to keep going. Mm. I want to be where I'm at and maintain it. Or maybe that's even scaling back. It's saying, this is great. It's been good for a while, but that's not what I want anymore. And I can shift directions and do that. And because you don't have kids, it is either yourself or you and your partner. And there's very minimal impact there. Mm -hmm. It's not really going to negatively impact you. But when it comes to just finances in general, knowing your numbers, really, really making sure you're following a budget every month, taking time to pay off debt, invest, doing all of those quote unquote good things that we always hear about, which really are the keys to success. Building financial independence is like the pathway for that is not difficult. It can be difficult to go through there, but it is very straightforward. Mm -hmm. It's not some crazy different path just because you don't have kids. The financial independence, building that, whether you have kids or not, is going to be similar. You're still working on paying off debt, getting an emergency fund, investing, but you're just investing in different things. Maybe that's taking and deciding you want to have time to fulfill a passion project. We have a client and um, they've publicly talked about this, so I can share this, but she actually worked for the state, was a really good position and said, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'm tired of this. I want to be a writer. So she quit her job mm-hmm. and wow. took a sabbatical, wrote a book and is now working on getting that book out into the world. And that is something that you can do, but it just takes time and it takes accountability and a focus and a direction because without that direction, you can keep building wealth. But at a certain point, especially if you don't plan to, if you want to die with zero, so you don't really care about building wealth to give to anybody, then you get to a certain point where you just keep working and working and earning money, but it's all going to go to an estate that you don't care about in the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about what you just said. And I, let's think about this as parents. Can you imagine if, and maybe you guys have that goal, I don't know, but to have the goal, like I'm going to die with net zero, mm-hmm. with having kids compared, like every freaking decision I make, I can't even tell you every decision is based on children. And like, what do I want to leave for them? What do I want to teach them? How do we plan for a wedding? And it's just like, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't imagine like, wow, I could just, yeah, it's way easier to leave a job when you don't have to worry about mouths to feed other than Mm -hmm. yours and maybe you and your partners, right? Or Mm -hmm. I don't have to leave something to the next generation. Like how freeing that would be. Like how many more decisions you could make without giving it a second thought? Well, I mean, by the time your kids are, I mean, your kids are grown, like if they don't, that's the whole point of term life insurance, right? Like mm-hmm. you so you set it for that amount of time because if you die when your kids are 40, like fuck them, they they should have their shit figured out by then. They don't need the life insurance money, you know? So I, I don't know. You, you certainly, after the kids are out of the house and stable and grown and all that, you certainly could then live the let's get to zero mm-hmm. or set it up that way. But Bree, do you know what the, like, what what's the swing like from a childless couple to or sorry child free couple to a couple with let's say two kids what's the amount of money per year that is difference do you know i mean to raise one child to adulthood well i mean how, how much more money are these people working with oh 
I mean, I know I've spent $25,000 on fucking daycare, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so (laughs) what do you have a number, Bri? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I can't give you a good number just because it it does vary so much and people will take lower paying jobs. They'll say, you know, I don't need this money Mm. because I've only got me to support. So I don't really care about having a job that pays me the most. I have a care about having a job that lets me live the life that I want to live. And the concept I was zero is from a book. I was zero by Bill Perkins and he's actually a parent. Um, So this is all written from a parent's perspective and, you know, experiencing more life now versus waiting until the end. Mm -hmm. But it does apply to a lot of our clients and they're like, yeah, I don't care. I don't, who needs the money at the end? Like nobody, it's fine. Um, And even then the numbers show that it's more impactful for kids to get money from like 26 to 35 Mm. than it is when you pass. Because by the time you pass, the kids are going to be in their forties or fifties or sixties, something like that. So it's not as important for them to get money then. Cause like you said, Brody, you know, at that point they got their shit together or hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think too, we forget that you don't have to leave things to kids either. Right. There's all sorts Mm -hmm. of foundations and special interests that somebody can be passionate about. Maybe if they don't die with zero, they, whatever's not, you know, whatever's there can be left to something they're very passionate about. Yeah. And that is something a lot of our clients will do too. We do encourage giving throughout your lifetime because one, it's a really good tax benefit and you actually get to see the impact of it versus at the end. Um, And then there's just the whole estate tax at the end too, um, especially estate tax laws are changing or set to change here in the next coming years. So really being aware of that is important. And that's something we take into consideration when we're doing all the financial planning. So if I have three child-free aunts and uncles, how do I convince them to put me in their estate? Can you just like sneak in your Venmo? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, I'm not going to say I haven't thought about it, but right. yeah, it's, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Do you have three? Yeah, I do. You do? Yeah. I have three wow. and, and they all live within a mile radius because yeah. it's all set up on, on mm-hmm. grandpa's land or whatever. Yeah. And I grew up in the house that my mom grew up in. Mm-hmm. And so her brothers and sisters bought property or bought parts of that property. And so they have houses on it. Eventually, the town of Lakeville is going to move towards them. And I'd, I'd be lying if I was said I wasn't having conversations with my mom about what happens when you die to this house and this property, but also, mm-hmm. Hey, Aunt Kathleen, what happens yeah. when you t- like, Can this is a great, it's, I don't want the house, episode, but it's, maybe? it's, uh, what's, what's send them this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just I'm put not, that in nephew hinting, Brody's name. It'll be saying. great. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah. Bri, how, I'm sorry, you go ahead. Um, there's, there's really no, like, good way of convincing people to do whatever they need to make decisions for themselves. And the reality is a lot of child-free people are spending money on things they want to do or making less money throughout their life because they just don't need it. So it's not like they have piles of money sitting around to do whatever. Some do, some do. And we're like, listen, you better get spending that. I don't care what you buy. At this <laughs> Go like we literally have clients who their assignment every month. We meet with them on a month to month basis, but we will tell them you need to go buy a car by the next time we see you. And then we will ask, did you buy the car? Have you done that yet? 
Have you booked wow. the trip? Have you Must booked a vacation? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I do love, like, the younger generation seems to be more conscious, more conscientious of, like you said, living better younger than waiting mm-hmm. until you retire and your health may not be there. Or you don't have the energy for it anymore. And really focusing on quality experiences and quality time with people. Mm-hmm. Versus work, 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 and then you get to enjoy life. And then you're 65, you Mm -hmm. have maybe a year, and then you're gone. Right. And not even a great year. Yeah. Because you've got arthritis and Lord knows what else. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, thanks, people make thanks comments for joining me, our like, uplifting right? <laughs> episode. But yeah, can you pass the bag? Yeah. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bree, what were you saying? Yeah. Um, people made comments. I've had comments made to me before that I need to not travel so much or not do whatever. And I was like, okay, please tell me when I should do that. They're like, well, when you're my age, I'm like, yeah. So I want to, you know, sit my ass on a tour bus and go around (laughs) and not do anything and just be like barely being able to get in and out of things like you are right now. You are not a good example of telling me what I should be doing with my life Mm because you're doing these things, but then you're missing out on all the things you want to do because you physically cannot do them at this point. Yeah. I agree. I'm curious, Bree, if you don't mind my asking, when people inquire to you, why are you child free? What's a response you give? Or what's a response maybe you've heard other people give? Because I think that's a that's something a lot of people struggle with how to answer that question. Uh, My actual answer to people is, it's kind of snarky depending on the Mm day. Um, But sometimes I'll say, you know, I don't feel like going through a lot of test tubes in science because <laughs> it's not happened naturally for my wife. Myself, so. <laughs> so I'm like, no, thanks. Um, but other times I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to be a solo parent. Mm-hmm. Daddy's on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to raise kids by myself. They're not going to be raised in the household that I would want them to be raised in. So why have them at all? Like, it's a lot kinder thing I can do is just to right. say, nope, not doing that. I've I've been listening to a book by Maya Angelou, and she was basically given to her grandmother between the ages of three and 13, and then she was reunited with her birth mom. And her and her brother asked her mother, like, why, why didn't you, why did you abandon us? And she said, because when you were two years old, I was on the front porch with you, and you were trying to get my attention, and you slap my hand because I didn't give it to you. And she said, the next thing I knew, I had slapped you off the porch just instantaneously. And she said, and I knew then I am not mature enough or patient enough to raise children and that Mm -hmm. it would not be in your best interest to be with me. And she said, I knew you were in a better place. And Mm -hmm. she said, I tell you this because I want you to know this, not because I'm apologizing. Mm -hmm. And that was profound when Mm -hmm. I listened to that, because it's like, that is the honest truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people really aren't meant to be parents, really, for whatever reason. And why should we have to explain that in depth? Like, well, I've been through therapy and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, or yeah. I don't feel like I have the maturity or the bandwidth or whatever. Yeah. I had a friend with an extensive um, family history of mental illness, like extensive. And she's like, no, it stops with me. I'm not, I'm not going to keep this going and, and severe mental illness. It wasn't like a little bit of anxiety or depression. It was, it was really persistent and severe mental illness. And she just didn't want to, to perpetrate that and, um, relatives in prison. And she's like, no, I, 
And she didn't really want to have kids either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you now know? There's that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I'm just curious because yeah. I know people are always so quick to ask. And I, like you said, depending on your mood and depending on the day, I'm sure sometimes you're like, oh, you know, whatever. And then other times you're like, well, oh, because we don't want test tubes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't think it surprises anybody that knows me that I will retort back the smart ass answer. Mm-hmm. Um, for especially if I'm like irritated by questions about, you know, my sexuality or um, why I don't have kids. But honestly, like you don't need to answer that. If somebody asks you, just right. say, because I don't, I don't want to. That's it. Yeah. It's not like, or just some people will say, well, why, why did you have kids? Explain to me why you decided mm-hmm. to have kids. Please I do. I like that. Turn it. Yeah. Turn it around yeah. on them. I like that. Yeah. Um, and but, do you regret that? Not only that, but then take it a step further. And do you regret that decision? <laughs> yeah. Be honest now. <laughs> there, there are plenty of um, different groups online where parents will talk about re- they're regretting having kids mm-hmm. and they will share their experiences of regret and wishing they didn't have children. Um, so it's a lot of different things. I, you know, I never thought my mom was very adamant to like marriage and kids is not a goal in life still just very, very adamant. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, if it happens great, but don't set out for that to be your only goal in life. Like yeah, there are other things life. that you can do. Yeah. Live your life. Um, and so for me, I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll have one or two kids in my mid thirties, but until then definitely not. And I, as I've gotten older, you know, I love kids. I think they're awesome. I think they're mm-hmm. super cool. Um, yeah, I just love hanging out with kids. So I'll hang out with my family's kids, but I also like being, hey, you know, free saying goodbye. See you guys later. And Okay. So for child-free parenting, now think about this. A lot of people have, or at least used to have kids. Now we know we're all going to get our asses shoved in nursing homes, but used to have kids because someone would oh, care yeah. for us in our old age, yeah. right? I mean, you've avoided it thus far. <laughs> yeah. So there's... Ne- join us next week for Fran's secrets to living longer. Some say too long. Oh God! But so, somebody who's child-free, what do you plan for in terms of? Do you get long-term nursing home insurance? Like, what do you do financially mm-hmm. to plan for that? Yeah, I mean, you you should have a plan. I should have a plan. It doesn't matter if you have kids or not. You need to have a plan. Kids are not a plan for long-term mm-hmm. care, um, and even people who are child-free census data shows that they're more likely to get financial support than people who have kids. So one of the things we'll go through with people is first, there are different options. Um, One is long-term care insurance. You can purchase that to help for a period of time. Right now, insurance is $108,000 a year or not insurance, long-term, the cost of long-term care currently is on average $108,000 per year. Mm-hmm. Men will use 2.2 years of long-term care and women will use 3.7 years of long-term mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. So having insurance can really help with that. It is going up um, the cost of long-term care about 5% every year. So it is a very large bill. Sometimes we'll have people who will prefer to self-insure. So we just set money aside yeah. and say that is going to be designated for your long-term care. And that is the only thing it's set aside for. So if you use it, if you need to use it, great. It's there. If you pass away and you never used it, also great because you had that to fall back on, but you didn't necessarily need it. I know it, so through my would. parents, um, the premiums are really expensive for long-term yeah. care insurance. Mm-hmm. 
they can, they can be, um, there are different options. There's like mm-hmm. single pay and that one is a lot upfront. I will mm-hmm. say it is hundred thousand dollars plus easily. Um, but it is a great option to help kind of offset some of that cost later. And if you don't use it fine, um, that's, that's great. You didn't have to go into long-term care. Right. I don't know anybody that would be upset with not having to go in there. You can also do it 10 pay. So you pay an annual premium for 10 years. And then there's the policies where you pay them every single year until you pass um, for usually monthly. It can be, um, that'll be more expensive because mm-hmm. the sooner you pay, the cheaper it is to give you a little bit of a discount for paying it all print, mm-hmm. but it is just a bigger chunk of change. So there's that long-term care insurance, self-insuring, setting the money aside. Then there's Medicaid, but you have to have spent down all of your assets and that is government um, insurance. Medicaid, not Medicare, pays for long-term care, but then you have to go into Medicaid facility, which not all of them are that great. Or if they are, you're not necessarily going to be getting a private room. You're probably going to have to share with people and that's not usually an option most people want. Um, Then there's also the option of opting out or death with dignity. That's only available in some states right now, but that is what some people would prefer Mm -hmm. too. So now I just want to clarify. I think you did mean Medicare because Medicaid is for low income. Medicare is for those above 65 or 60. No. Oh, no. Medicaid. Medicaid is what will pay for long-term care. Oh, I didn't know Medicare does not. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Learn something every time. Yeah. So it is, like you said, it is low. You've spent down all your assets, you know, your okay. house is gone, your money is gone. You don't have anything, but that is the reality for some people. Hey, Becky, why is the Northern State University graduate program in counseling so awesome? I could go on forever, but Let let's talk it. about the fact okay. that you can get a clinical degree where you can work in private practice or an agency, mm-hmm. where you can get a school counseling degree on the school track, where you can work in a school as private Private school, parochial school, public school, any school you want to. And then my favorite. What? Forensic counseling. Super cool. But is it KCREP approved? It is KCREP approved. And you're like, what does that mean? You know what? It means that it has the gold standard of grad schools. Super awesome. But can I afford it? Because I don't have a lot of money. It's okay. If you go to northern.edu, you can um, apply for some scholarships. They have a couple of counseling-specific scholarships, in addition to some other really fantastic scholarships that a guidance counselor or a admissions counselor can help you with. Awesome. Be Northern, unleash your potential, baby. So, okay, a lot of what I hear from child-free individuals is that it's really harder for them to fit in socially because of the greater societal plan that, you know, we all have kids, we, we only talk about our kids or we talk about our grandkids. And so they kind of have, they'll tell me like, it's hard to integrate because I don't have any pictures to show. I don't have the stories to share. Like, what do you recommend or what do you observe socially for child-free people? Yeah, I think it can, it's definitely going to depend on your generation. You know, I have quite a few friends who are like, yeah, I'm child I just don't want kids. And so it's not as hard for me. But then we do have some people that are older, they're like in their 40s and they'll say, hey, you know, I don't really have a lot of friends who are child free. Most of my friends have kids and it feels kind of awkward because I don't know what to talk about when they're talking about their kids. And there are different communities 
There's travel groups for that. There's Facebook groups. There's just other online communities. And I can send you some resources too to have on hand for that. But going online is a good place to start, especially, you know, I don't know anywhere in Aberdeen that has like a child-free group for people to meet up and like become friends with each other. Because that is something that certain places will have. They'll have child-free groups that meet in person. You can go do whatever. And it's not that awkward pressure to have to be talking about your kids all the time. Yeah, I think that's really important for people's mental health, really, Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are even elderly people that I work with, like, who never had kids and talk about, Mm -hmm. like, try being 80 years old and not having any younger family at all. Mm -hmm. That's pretty rough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, as we go along in society, and I think it's going to change. I think so, too. I think your generation is much more conscious of this is going to sound really cold, but we don't need more people. Like, it's yeah. really not necessary. We're overpopulated. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think just more environmentally conscious. I, I think, think that's yeah. no, maybe I, that's a broad stroke I that I'm painting. I definitely but. agree with you. I think a lot of what I hear from people, younger people that are in childbearing years right now are saying, we don't know what the world is going to look like 10 years from now, or even if it's going to exist. Like that whole mm-hmm. climate change is very profound for many of them. And it mm-hmm. is impacting their decisions mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. I've heard that yeah. from plenty of people and it, it is true. Like I don't know what this world is going to look like. I don't even know if I had a kid, if it would be safe for my wife and I to come back and visit South Dakota. Truly. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that it would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I hate saying that because it sucks and it hurts, but from comments I've gotten from people, you know, I don't, I would not feel safe with them having a kid there. Yeah. I have friends who are in that same boat. They do have kids and they, and they are scared. Yeah. And they don't come back to visit. Yeah. And I, I think it would be different if I was, you know, in a hetero marriage, that would definitely be different. A lot of my concern with coming back and having right. kids is that I'm not. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not warmly embraced. Mm-hmm. Although, some. Some. although I do have to say, I mean, I see a lot of clients in the LGBTQ plus population and very rarely younger, I would say more often in high school, they may say that they receive comments that are unwelcome, but the majority of them are actually surprised by how, how warm and welcoming Aberdeen has been so far. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. people are just, it just seems like, especially, I don't know, just more open and just maybe just more polite and kind. I'm like, yes, I love that. I want everyone to feel safe and welcome. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. I think it's, that is definitely true. Like there, it's gotten better, but it's still those deep cuts like that are just, frankly, I don't share. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I did share them, you'd be like, what the hell? Those are horrific. Yes, yeah. it's true. Um, and it's gotten better over time, but also they're too deep of a cut that I just, I'm like, mm, you, you said that once. I don't know that you could really change that much. Right. Right. Yeah. And the trust is deteriorated at that point. Mm -hmm. So just another reason to think about um, why people might be child free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's there's at the end of the day, everybody has very deep personal decisions for that. And that's okay. It is such a deeply personal decision, whether you choose to have children or not. And so Mm -hmm. it goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning. I don't know why people feel the need to um, explore that when it's really none Mm -hmm. of their business. 
I, I'm curious about like the stress differences between like someone your age that has three kids and then a child-free individual. How do you think that plays out different stress-wise? I know the story I tell right. myself. <laughs> More story. hard-hitting questions from friends. I can't imagine what the difference would be with that. As I run my all three of them to fucking jujitsu and yeah. piano and whatever and whatever. Gosh, yes. Tell, let us ponder yes. the differences. But think about that. You think about that because how many of our podcasts are based on like mental load and overwhelmed, mm-hmm. feeling overwhelmed and all the stress. And it's because it takes an extraordinary amount of energy. Extraordinary. Or the finances. Yeah. Yes. I remember one time I calculated what we could do with the money we were spending on daycare for three children. Mm-hmm. And I called my husband and he goes, oh, honey, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. we, we could have a villa in Spain. <laughs> and he's like, I know, just let it go. Let it go. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I still have stress and it's not kid related. It's still family related and it's, mm-hmm. it's hard and it sticks with you. But I also know that, you know, I'm never going to be at the point where if I get a phone call in the middle of the night, I'm worried about my kid. Mm-hmm. Like if I get a phone call in the middle of the night now, I worry about my parents. I worry about my grand grandma, my sibling, like, you know, stuff like that, other family members, but it's, it'll never be, um, the reality is like, I will more than likely outlive my parents, mm-hmm. you know? So that is not going to be to the end of time where I'm right. worried if I get a phone call and I did something happen to them. And part of that's comforting. Part of that's kind of like, well, you know, when they're gone, where do I put my stress? So, okay. I have another squirrel question. Do you worry about Addie? Mm-hmm. Cause she's a pilot. Oh, you know, or not really, because it's Sometimes. one of those things like maybe because you're married to a pilot, then you're like, oh, she's fine. I get it. You know, it's a lot safer than what people think or. Yeah. Reverse. And um, so part of her training was watching tons and tons and tons of airplane cr- crashes. Well, that's so just gotten very used to like coming into the living room and she's watching airplane crashes that on the TV. terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, what really the hell? Me for the- she's so it's desensitization. Oh, it sounds terrible, yeah. though. Oh, my goodness. I was I mean, just curious. Yeah, she's my biggest concern with that with that would be something like the current incident um, with the pilot who took the mushrooms. And <laughs> I don't I don't foresee her. OK, I was just going to say I don't d- doing a line of coke. <laughs> I don't think she will take mushrooms or a line of coke or anything like that. But my concern would be if an incident were to occur and she was the pilot there would be her name and her face put on blast for the entire world to see. Mm, Right. So that, that is more of that worry. So Um, she's not doing it, but the pilot she works with could theoretically do a line of coke or whatever. Please don't do that. Or yeah, mushrooms. Please don't. Please don't. If you're going <laughs> to fly a that. great big airplane, please don't. But you know, you bring up yeah. a, a really good point because yeah. you, it doesn't matter how old your kids are. You worry about them. Mm-hmm. I thought it would go away when they were 18. It's oh, like, phew, no. I made it. And then no, it just gets worse. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can mm-hmm. totally understand what you're saying. That that is a mm-hmm. huge mental <laughs> yeah. <laughs> factor mm-hmm. for the, till the end of time, basically. Yeah. So yeah. that's a happy fun. 
right? <laughs> we can be happy about that. We are so uplifting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Everybody listening to us is like, why did we have kids? Why did we tune in? <laughs> Who are We're these so people? <laughs> All right. So one of the things you mentioned was seven ways child-free financial planning is different. Some of these you have mentioned, but could you go into that a little bit more? Yeah. So first one is you have full control of your future. You know, you're not making decisions that are an impact to children, anything like that. If anything, the, the decisions you make are an impact your partner or just yourself if you're single. And it's much easier to make those big life altering decisions if you're not having to think about other people, you can just say, okay, I want to make this change. It's going to be the best change for me, whether it's because it's for your mental or physical health or anything, or just because you want to, all those are totally valid. Um, the second one is flexibility needs planning. There are a lot of things you can do and kind of plan on and then get to like a rigid plan for one thing is buying a house. A lot of child-free people don't buy houses because mm-hmm. they're like, you know, I don't know where I'm going to end up. Or the trend we've seen recently is them selling their homes because they're like, hey, you know, I lived here for a while. I bought a house because I need to, I thought I needed to buy a house, but I don't really want to be here. I kind of mm-hmm. want to go somewhere else. Having that in their plan is super important. Financial bingos, the kind of thing like, oh yeah, you have more money if you have don't have kids. Well, yes and no, like it, it depends. It really depends because you just, if you're not going to, if you're going to take a job that has lower pay because you can, well, you're not necessarily going to have more money. A parent could make more than a child-free person could. Mm -hmm. So it's not an automatic, but those assumptions are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of a bingo. And just, there's a lot of other things too with that. Um, Investing has different goals. So you're not investing to leave money behind for people, which makes file, which is financial independence, live early or fire financial independence, retire early possible. Mm-hmm. You just repeat financial independence and then you can say goodbye to work or change work much sooner. Long-term care needs planned for. We talked about that a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. just making sure you have a plan in place. And then six, your estate and legacy plan are different. So your legacy is not necessarily going to be genetic. It could be whatever else. It could be, you know, humane society. Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Humane society, starting foundation, whatever. But also part of that is finding people you trust to serve in positions mm-hmm. such as your executor for your will when you pass away or your medical and financial power of attorney is making decisions for you while you're still alive. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that comes in the form of a professional trustee that you pay to make those decisions for you. Mm-hmm. And then seven, which is, it's just child-free financial planning is completely different. So yesterday we actually had an article go out in CNBC talking about how traditional financial planning assumes that you have children or are going to have children. And the thought that you would not want to keep building your wealth at a certain point and instead spend it down mm-hmm. is completely bonkers yeah. to so many people. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people will go to a financial advisor, which by the way, the term financial advisor is not regulated. You could be a salesperson and call yourself mm-hmm. a financial advisor. So that is something to watch out for. So what do you look um, for? How do you know? A fiduciary is a person Ooh. who is made sure like they have to be. So I'm a fiduciary. Um, I have to act in your best interest. And another thing to really look for is a certified financial planner. 
You have to go through extensive training. I'm going through all that right now. And it takes a while. Like it takes at least three years to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just get a ton of knowledge, ton of training. You have to have four to 6,000 hours of experience for that bachelor's degree, more coursework, exam, ethics requirements. So those are things to look for, seeing how they're paid, if it's fee only versus fee based. So fee only means they are only paid by you for the work they're doing. Mm -hmm. So fee-based it could be they could be making referral fees or commissions that one okay kind of adds conflict of interest and then advice only which is what i do it means i only give advice i'm not taking over your accounts because for child-free people or planning to spend on their wealth if you're going to somebody where you're paying them a percentage of your assets all the time then what incentive do they have to help you actually spend that money down. Right. Mm. Yeah. And so what many if- investments, you're penalized if you take them out early because the philosophy is you're not going to get this money until you're retired, right? That old sort of mm-hmm. mentality or traditional mentality. So what would be a different type of investment that you're not penalized and you can utilize it? Brokerage accounts you can use, you can take money from at any time. Um, but the problem with brokerage accounts is they're a subject to more tax, but otherwise there's things like deferred compensation plans. Some places will have, it's kind of like retirement, but you can access that money when you leave. So you don't have to wait till age 59 and a half, but there are ways to get money from your 401k prior to 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. It just takes a lot of math and I'm not going to explain it here because I don't <laughs> want people to try and do it on their own. Like you need to see a professional <laughs> for really that. Do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, because there's a lot of ins and outs to it. I've seen people mm-hmm. have to do it for different reasons or choose to do it for different reasons. And holy moly, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, there there really is. And um, it it's really going to depend on what your exact goals are as to where you put your money. It's not just an automatic, this is where it's going to go. And sometimes it's not even putting it in an like a traditional investment like we would think about mm-hmm. being the stock market. Sometimes it's saying, you know, I want to start a business, so I'm going to set money aside to do that. Or I'm going to take a sabbatical, so I'm going to set money aside to do that. Or I'm going to quit my job and start a completely new job. So doing things like that, those can be investing too. That's just investing in yourself and your your life. Mm-hmm. I think everything you bring up is so interesting because it's um, different from the traditional what we think of investing and retirement and all of those things should be. Um, there's mm-hmm. different ways to do it. and You can have different goals and it's it's okay. And there's people that can help you walk through that. Right. Yeah. Very true. And, you know, I'm not incentivized to have you keep building your wealth. I'm not going to, with the 1%, which is a lot of people in the child-free space are like, hey, you know, we don't want that. Even a lot of people in my generation are like, yeah, you know, we can do this stuff from our phone. We don't really need to pay somebody to take this over. Um, But having that is... There is no subconscious bias on my end saying, well, you should keep investing because if somebody's getting paid 1% of your investments every single year and they keep going up, well, mm-hmm. their paycheck's going up. Mm-hmm. If you want your money to go down and you're trying to spend it down, they're they're not going <laughs> to like that. Their paycheck's going That's down. A good point. <laughs> Right. So it's just whatever your goals are. And there's somebody kind of like with counseling, right? There's Mm -hmm. different types. And if, you know, the type that you want is not because like where we are doing retirement, right? Like I want to have money Mm -hmm. at the end and we do pay somebody to help us with that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And he probably wouldn't be happy if I wanted to spend it all. And yeah. Jim would love that. What are you talking about? He'd be like, spend it up. Yeah. He says that all the time. I know he does. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just, it can be really hard. Um, One of the things that I've heard from clients is, you know, every person we've gone to doesn't understand that we don't care about that. And Mm -hmm. they keep asking when we have kids or all this, or what if you change your mind? Don't ask somebody if, what if you change your mind? Like that's not appropriate. So do, you, do we ask that of people place. with children? <laughs> oh, you're yeah. pregnant. What if you change your mind? <laughs> you're delivering yeah. tomorrow. What if you're halfway through delivery and you change your mind? Because I think a lot of women change their mind partway through delivery. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't want it anymore. Yeah, you know <laughs> this hurts. <laughs> I like just sort of this questioning of what's status quo. Yeah, you know, it kind of reminds me of a resurgence of like the women's movement, where women were expected to do all of these certain things and. You know, like take the, their husband's last name, for example, and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. and then you learned as you went on, like, don't ask those questions. Like, right. don't, you know, just mm-hmm. and the bottom line is just re- be open and respect people's individual choices. Think a minute before you ask questions be- just because they've always been asked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be, be kind. Mm-hmm. Don't we say that? We haven't said that for a while. Yeah. Just be kind. Yeah. Yeah. Because we went on to be bitchy and then, you know, yeah. then yeah. we It's such a natural to- state for me. <laughs> <laughs> struggle. <laughs> now we're back to be kind. <laughs> Only because it's that. the holidays. Only December. Then I'm done. <laughs> January 1, I'm back to bitchy. <laughs> oh, Bree, thank you yeah. so much for sharing this. I know we're going to have a lot of listeners mm-hmm. very interested in this. Um, and it is something that obviously you and I can't speak to. Right. For sure. So we really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us today. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it's always good to Absolutely. see your face. Yes. It's good to see your faces too. <laughs> Happy holidays. Bree, do you Thank take you. clients outside of Ohio where you are based? Yeah. yeah. So Child Free Wealth is actually based in the Nashville, Tennessee area. We all work remotely and we take clients all over the U.S. Then plug yourself. Where yeah. can people get yeah. the information or contact you? Yeah. So if you want to connect with us, go to childfreewealth.com or follow Child Free Wealth on any social media. You can listen to our podcast, Child Free Wealth, just by searching Child Free Wealth in your favorite podcast platform. Um, pretty much any way to find me is just by searching Child Free Wealth and then Googling my name. I will I will for sure pop up there in some aspect or Googling Child Free Finances. Um, we're typically the only one that pops up when you Google that. So. <laughs> that is so cool. And please yeah. say hi to Addie for us. Yes. Yes. I will. You guys yes. have happy holidays. Thank you. You and too. we yeah. are the shrinks. And that's a wrap.